Hello again, as we take the helm, if you are interested in exploring other options in your life, if you're one of these people that is a two or three year person and you got to have a change, or you are interested in philanthropy, opening your own business, and uh, coming to the realization that when doors close for you, new ones will open if you have the right mindset. Listen up. Our guest today is Natasha Fagali. Are you facing a crisis in your life or business? It's time to steer yourself in the right direction through the real experiences, passion, and courage of our guests. We're taking the helm with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Now let's do a little introduction before I bring Natasha on. Natasha Fagali is an award-winning Canadian awarded for her philanthropy and community and dedication to education. She is a recipient of the 40 Under 40 United Way Leadership Windsor-Essex Award, the Sovereign Canadian Medal, the Odyssey Award from the University of Windsor. She owns her own business and is currently also teaching internationally. Welcome, Natasha, all the way from the other side of the world, from where I am in Southern Ontario. You are in Kuwait. So great to see you. Yeah, it's nice to see you too, Lynn. I always remember seeing you at at work, actually, um, <laughs> very, very often. No, maybe like not so often, but often enough. And um, I, uh, I am also from Southern Ontario, <laughs> but now I live in Kuwait. Well, well okay so moment, let's let's make that connection then okay so you you're working with a public school board as I was as well but now you are you've accepted an international teaching contract overseas first of all how does that happen there's a lot of new graduates out there or or people who are saying eh, I want to try something else in my life how did that happen anyway that you are now over <laughs> over in Kuwait and then I have to ask, I'm going to ask the second question and the same thing and why Kuwait when there are many other countries to choose from internationally um, so it happened because in around 2014, 2015, I had this kind of a life event, um, happen. And so I wanted a change. I was also kind of wanting just a life change. And I saw a show on TV about these people living in Kuwait and they had this very luxurious, glamorous life and they had a boat. It's so simple. They had a boat. And I was like, I'm going to go live there. I want to do that too. And as that happened, then my life event happened. Then my sister had a friend working here at the school where I start, I got a job. I just applied and they were looking ironically for a French teacher but then when I got here, that kind of changed. I became like team lead for junior. Um, the, the whole thing massaged itself. However, I, I I loved it. And so I came back and I, there are so many reasons that, that I love it. And, you know, I think one of the biggest ones is that I kind of felt at home here and I felt like I wasn't deviating too much from my regular life that I have in Canada, it's a really seamless transition. And I, the first time I came, I just connected with the principal or the, sorry, the superintendent of the, 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 the family of schools and they gave me a job. And then this time actually another life event happened and you'll never believe this Lynn, a headhunter found me. Uh -huh. 
and knew that I was already working in the family of intervention, instructional coaching, itinerant, and found me and, and offered me a position. And it all kind of happened like it's as if it manifested itself. And, and that's, that's how I got back here. And it, it's as if everything kind of worked itself together so that I could come back because it was always kind of in the back of my mind that I'd like to do it again and again and again and again. And then I, I don't know, it, it just all worked itself out and massaged itself. And I was on the path and, and I got a leave of absence um, for the second time. I'm, I'm so grateful and blessed. I, I need to say that. And I always say that I'm so grateful. And I, I was able to come back and work again. And I, I work in the same, in the same position, which I love. I, I love doing this and it, and it just worked out. And I think it, it is easy uh, for people to go abroad. If you're open, you're open-minded, you're, you're easygoing and you're ready to be uncomfortable because there are things that are different. Well, and also I'll yeah. just jump in and share. My daughter is teaching English um, through uh, English First, which is an approved um, agency through Canada, actually. She's more of a teaching assistant and she's in Indonesia. And yeah, it's a really, really different way uh, of looking at things and living and she's adjusting and she's doing okay. But being open-minded to that, I love what you said, uh, Natasha, if you're open-minded to that, those experiences. And, you know, I said to her before she left, what's the worst case scenario? You you pack up and you leave. And yes, you have to end your contract. <laughs> and but you describe Kuwait as being similar to Chicago, which is very surprising to me. Yeah, it's, it's really, um, I would say that the Gulf countries for the most part, so like, you know, the Emirates, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, um, they are very, very modern, um, opulent countries and everything is functioning a lot like it would in any Western nation, if not better. And uh, yeah, living here is a lot like living in, in, in Chicago. We have like really big, beautiful malls. We have like main strips. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of shopping. We have a lot of beautiful restaurants. It's really calm. Um, there are some uh, desert areas where I would say like some nomadic people might live, but you can't even really call them nomadic in 2020. They just have different attitudes and behaviors than say we would have culturally. Mm -hmm. um, however, very friendly. And, you know, it's, 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 we have all the same kind of brands and restaurants, you know, there's obviously like local business too, yeah. but everybody's really um, westernized, I guess I could say. And everyone speaks English. Not that that's a prerequisite, However, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And it's a very international community, all kind of a lot like Chicago. And it's, you know, it's got a great nightlife. Um, and it just has all the amenities that you would need in, in, a, in a big city, I guess you could say. But it's also kind of a small city because Chicago, although being really big, is kind of really homey too. Like different communities. Uh, okay, so when we had our pre-discussion, Natasha, the way you described 
Um, and we got to get into your property management piece as well, because I'm blown away that not only are you working full time internationally in an educational setting, you also run a property management company here in Southern Ontario in Windsor, Ontario. But you describe it yeah. as when 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 doors have closed, you've seen it as actually new opportunities have opened for you in your life. Yeah, every door that's closed um, led to a new opportunity. I would say I started, I was, I have to be fair, I was kind of born into properties. My grandparents did it. My dad did it. Um, you know, I, I was kind of groomed into it. Mm -hmm. I would say that I started basically when my dad was like, my grandparents have passed on um, and the, the, all those properties got sold. Um, and my dad was kind of at the tail end and I had, you know, a life event and I, I had a mentor. I met a mentor at that time because I was doing makeup for free with the Windsor community for film. Oh. They were looking for makeup artists just to come in and makeup's kind of like, a, a, like I love makeup and hair as a side passion, you know, something I'd like to do. And I met somebody who was in also in real estate and he was like, he made an assumption uh, based maybe on my look. And he was like, you know, you're kind of going to be not maybe on the income that you want in your life. And you look like you like to enjoy the finer things in life. So you <laughs> might want to, you know, get a second income that is easy enough to do because you really love your work as well. So you don't want to be so over exhausted and, you know, let me show you what I do. And he managed to get to a, a point where he doesn't even work anymore. Oh. He just does film his passion. And then he has, you know, he does, he has so much property that he's, he's just a full-time investor, but does his passion as well. So he kind of, showed me a little bit and then I would talk to my parents about it and you know I bought my first property with my brother and I also had something happen where someone closed doors on me I didn't do it they closed doors on me and I was like I was so devastated I I felt like you know I, oh my gosh because I was on one trajectory and then that person closed doors on me for no, for no apparent, re like, obviously they had a reason, but that wasn't, that wasn't a good reason, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I decided, you know, I'll give it a shot. And within a month I bought my first property and then I've just continued to grow from there. And now um, I'm, you know, as you, you know, you grow, you change. So now I'm doing some other things, which is like working with other investors and then we sort of come together as a team and, and we invest, but not exactly in brick and mortar. We invest in housing, but not in brick and mortar. And so in saying that, I've kind of been able to offload the arduous part of it, you know, onto, uh, I guess you could say that my team, you know, because I, I see them more as like family than my team because they do everything, you know to to help me and, and work together well because so, otherwise I, it, it could become a 24 7 thing with your phone always in your hand always putting out fires I, I just I don't know how anybody could manage something like that and still we always talk about this Natasha and still manage our own 
well-being with some level of balance. And we all have a different description of what balance means to us. But as long as we can get to what we believe is balance in our lives, that's the goal, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Lynn, I've had to um, put up something that I'm very uncomfortable with, which is boundaries. I never, I never really did that before. And I've had to explain to uh, people in my life who I love that and I, I do, I do always have my phone. I'm not going to lie. I always have my phone. <laughs> and, and I've had to explain to them that, you know, we're all different and I have a different lifestyle and it's not a bad one. I'm not doing anything to hurt or harm myself or others. Um, and just, you know, please be accepting of this. And, you know, as well, like, there are like my family gets some benefits from this, you know, like <laughs> my nieces and nephews get some benefits, you know, my mom gets some benefits. So, you know, please just be patient with me. And I've, I've had to just explain that, you know, I can't, I can't attend this right now because I have to take care of this. Um, but I, I guess what a gift that I was born with was I'm really organized. I'm very, very organized. <laughs> Which can be a wonderful thing or can, you know, be a detriment as well when, we're, when we really get yeah. stuck on those kinds of things. I think being organized, but also being opened and flexible and any teacher or anybody who's in the role of education is definitely someone who's flexible. Um, then you can, then you can shift, right? You can shift, but you've got that plan to always fall back on. I'm that way too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I see it a lot like teaching because it's kind of like, you know, as, as we were sharing earlier, um, I have a lot of spreadsheets and I have, you know, a lot of different uh, book, like, um, like digital por portfolios that I look at and everything is digitized and it's organized and it's, you know, everybody's color coded and everybody's got a number <laughs> and it's a lot like teaching, you know, all you got to do, what I realized very early on is you set up that these are the rules and regulations. These are the provincial rules and regulations, the muni municipal rules and regulations. So this is what we're going to do. And if you're uncomfortable with that, well, then maybe this isn't a good fit. Yeah, and oh, it's love, just like yeah. a classroom. It's just like a classroom. These are my norms. I always kept a tidy, organized classroom. If the, if you're not okay with that, well, unfortunately, you might have to sit out this activity until you know you're ready to join and participate. And when I come to your room at your house, your parents' house, and you like it messy, well, I'll just leave my plate, and my shoes, and my stuff everywhere, and I'll join the party too. You know, so it's like you know, you got you got to bring you got to people got to meet you where you're at, and you know, obviously, kids are so beautiful. They are so flexible. You know, they they start to become cleaner than you. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. you, you know, and 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 the tenants, well, they they are also loving it too because they don't live in a in a pigsty mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh boy okay well let's talk about something another thing that we have in common because we have so much in common and that's uh um intervention early intervention helping kids you know identify where they're having challenges early and getting in there so that we can change that trajectory to a to a positive one um so you also are working with um esl 
So, I mean, I'm just going to yeah. throw it out. I'm not the person who's at the board or, or anything, but having you come back to the board after your sabbatical, Natasha, you come with all these additional skills and levels of expertise <laughs> and courses that you've taken internationally. My goodness, you scoop you up in a second. You should think about going into administration. I'll just put that plug in. <laughs> Oh my gosh, everybody always, everybody tells me that a, a former um, colleague of ours would put the principal application on my desk every day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, no. Well, I tell you a little story. I was in a different county and uh, my husband and I wanted to move back here. Both our families are very much from this area. We wanted to move back here. I was pregnant with my third child. And I, I came down for a vice principal interview with the public school board in the area that we're at. And I wore a bright red dress. And that was in 1997 when, you know, you think that might not work in your favor. Yeah. Awesome. I got, I got a, I got a job um, offer for September. I had to decline it because I had a baby on September 17th, but we came down several months later and uh, yeah. So you moving from different boards, moving from different. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities and I'm speaking to all of the listeners and the viewers who might be looking at, Hey, I need a change. Right. And you're not stuck with where yeah. you are. You just have to be say, hey, what are some options I maybe haven't thought about before? Yeah. So if you're a teacher no. and you think I want to make a change, it might be to administration and then you can move to another board. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Lynn, it's so interesting you say that. And I have to preface this by saying that Lynn was always an amazing dresser. You always <laughs> dress very elegantly and professionally. And I'll never forget that day when I saw you with that brown suit. It was just so beautiful. And you had a little belt and I was like, oh, she looks great. It's hard for us to take compliments, isn't it? So, I mean, that's the other thing where, oh, you know, in the past, I would, very be hard. I would be embarrassed. And now it's, you know, okay, thank you very much. That's, if we did that more for each other, just imagine how we could lift each other up. You know, thank you. That made my day. <laughs> yeah, I think that we, that is part of our self uh, um, appreciation appreciation and as we said earlier self-forgiveness yes. is to accept compliments because we don't see ourselves and especially you know sometimes when you're very organized you might be you might I'm just saying you might people might be very a type you know <laughs> we don't see ourselves we see our faults actually and and we think we're imposters and for a very long time in this job in this role I thought I was an imposter and I would look around and be like, what am I doing here? I Aww. don't need to be here. And then I realized, no, I also come with skills and abilities. And one of them is ESL because I'm really good at language. So I can speak to the families and explain to them because part of our culture, I, I am Middle Eastern uh, as well. And part of our culture is the, we're coming hopefully to terms with the fact that, you know, kids have special needs. And that's something that I do here as well in intervention is I work with families and, and I explain to them that it doesn't mean that you did something wrong. It just is. And it's okay. And, it, and, and it's a part of diversity yes. and your child will have other gifts, you that's know, right. and yes. just because they can't read right now, doesn't mean that in five years, they won't be able to read. That's right. We just have to look at it in a different way. All right. I hate because we could go on 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 with this forever, but we got to talk about philanthropy. Uh, you and I didn't discuss this before, but you are described as a philanthropist. So help us understand how did that all happen and what is it that you're doing, Natasha? Um, so I've done a lot of work in the community. I still do a lot of work in the community. I don't give um, like, uh, like I used to say, I, I kind of invented different 
good like products. At one point I had a lip, like a, a chapstick and I would sell that in salons and all the money I would donate to downtown mission or different things. Um, when I started my business, what we were doing is taking 10% of the monthly rent and giving that to different charities or anybody who had a call out. So United Way would do a lot. We would give a lot with United Way. And I just felt like, you know, because I invest in Windsor Essex and my tenants are living and working in Windsor Essex. And I feel like the more a community is supported, the better living they have. And if we can give back to the community, um, they're giving to us. So I felt like as a business, we should give back to the community and support them the way they're supporting us. And because we invest locally, we should give locally. And so um, we, we were doing that and we still do it. We still do it whenever anybody contacts us or we see something. And when I say we, that's because I, I have accountants and, and lawyers, you know? Yeah. So whenever something comes up and then, so, you know, we just cut them, we cut a check for whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And it's, I feel that it's really important because if you're blessed, then you should be a blessing to others. And you know what? I need to have a sidebar conversation with you because my niece and I, who just published a children's book series, right? We're on book three out of book five. Um, we've been making donations to various places in the community, but we are looking for a not-for-profit that is not under a larger umbrella where we can do a partnership with, um, you know, some type of permanent, permanent partnership where a certain percentage of our sales or, or, or there's all kinds of different ways that you can do. Right. But I'll just yeah. put out, put that out there for anyone in Essex County who, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh boy. And, uh, you know, here's you're just going to have to you know model what we talked about earlier you've received many awards I'll put you on the spot could you just could you speak about one in particularly I'm sure they all move you in a different way uh what's one well, that, uh, I, you can focus on today my I'm really really grateful for all of them I just think I'm a kind of a hard worker and I'm a little bit um ambitious and I like doing things and it's nice that people recognize that but what I'm really proud of was I was able to go to Stanford this year and I did a fellowship at Stanford. So I'm a Stanford fellow and I did a fellow in law and policy. And um, I was there to defend the fact that in my community, women cannot pass on um, citizenship to their children if they're not married to a member of that community. Uh -huh. Um, and I defended that um, my speech uh, was to defend the fact that we, we need to change that law and we need to change a hundred year old law that was under colonial rule. And it's not OK in 2022. Yeah. And it's it, it just is just not OK. And so I'm, I'm really grateful and uh, that I was accepted after applying so many times. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm really proud of myself because there was a lot of very important people there. And I'm proud that I, I was able to speak on this subject and let, let it, you know, be known that it, it's just not okay. Well, and so that leads me to yeah. another, another, another branch because uh, you so have so many. I'm really of your, proud about that. And you're, but in your professional speaking too. So are you, you're so busy right now. Are you still able to accept um, invitations to be a professional speaker at any forum, at any event? Yeah, 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 I do. I do. I mean, I do accept 
I do, I do do like work, workshops and talks and things like that. I do. I've slowed down a little tiny bit only because I've had to focus uh, a lot more on my work and my business. And I think I've kind of focused my lens a little bit more. And I think that that has taken up a lot of my time, but of course I don't decline uh, invitations. And I, I also seek people out where I think their, their audience might like to know they might feel, you know, uplifted and, you know, everything is possible if you um, focus and you plan and you organize, you know, and everything is possible and you don't have to do it all. I mean, I'm not, I have to say I'm not married and I don't have children. So of course I have extra time. I also live in a country currently where, you know, help is very readily available and it's very cheap. Mm. So I don't have to clean my own house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to do my own laundry. So I mean, that buys me a lot of time. Yes. But you know, those are conscious choices, which goes to my mission too, making conscious and positive choices, right? So where do you spend your time? You spend, I mean, you're something's, and and some people don't have a choice. They have to go to a job they hate. They have to because there's just not another option for right now. They have to put pay pay the bills that are on the table. But that doesn't mean they can't start looking or keeping their eyes open for other opportunities. Those of you who are listening and watching, all right, we got to jump over to something because you just had an experience. Um, you were in Qatar for the World Cup games for the FIFA games. All right, so just just give me a little bit. We were um, we were where were we? Oh, I can't remember. Three years ago, four years ago for the World Cup juniors. And we were in Lisbon and I'll tell you the energy. Whoa, boy, do you fly on energy. I can't imagine. What was it like? I have never been to something like this before. I've been to games, local games, house games, you know, school games, stuff like that. I wasn't going to go, but my mom was like, this is an iconic game because A, Canada managed after 36 years Mm -hmm. to get back in. B, they're playing in Qatar um, for the first first FIFA in the Middle East. And they're playing against Croatia, which is my mom's home country. And oh. um, my favorite Premier League team is a Croatian team. Uh-huh. And um, so it was like, you got to go, you know. And I, at first I was like, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy. And then a friend of mine from Canada is there for a month and he was like you have you have to come you are a one hour plane ride what's wrong with you (laughs) you need to be here so I got it I I don't even know how I got a ticket and to that specific game and then I went and it was from the moment I got off the plane I I had never seen something like this fireworks people on stilts bands playing uh, it was like a carnival dancing and I mean the opening ceremony for this game I didn't even know that they did something like that for a game it was out of this world and you know they they had this like this world cup like spinning in the air and I was just I could I was in awe for the last two days in awe I got back home and I was thinking like do I have to go back to work (laughs) you know yeah Yeah. it it was it was amazing amazing as you know you've seen it 
Yeah. And uh, we're hoping to go in 2024 or just, you know, you think ahead. Oh, well, you just start thinking about it. You start planting the seed, right? To make it happen. Listen, we could talk forever. Um, and I want to apologize to people who are viewing because we've had some ins and outs with the internet here. We're doing our best from two sides of the world. Uh, but do you have any final closing comments, Natasha? And where can people find you if they want more information? Sure. So they can always um, find me on all my social media. It's all the same at N-E-F-E-G-H-A-L-I. And that's all my social media or Natasha Figali on um, basically my name. You, you can find me online. And I, I would say that when you don't think that you have any more courage left, and you can't be brave, that's when you can be your bravest and where you will find that little ounce of courage inside of you somewhere to push you to the next path or, or, or dream or idea. And even if the idea doesn't go anywhere, at least you tried, who, who can fault you for having an idea? No one. I there, I just have nothing else to say because those were perfect and beautiful and inspiring closing comments. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what you do. It just comes to you naturally. So thank you so much for joining, for joining us from uh, overseas. And uh, I wish you all the very best, Natasha. Thank you, Lynn, for having me. And I feel like this won't be the last time. No. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to you. I'm grateful to you. Right back at you. I just love it when there's so much energy and I connect with my guests. We just have this two-way connection. It's fantastic. That was awesome, Natasha. And our next guest will be Helen Panos. And Helen's doing some really fascinating things in the United States around advocacy for parents. She is the CEO of the Dynamics Learning Academy. And uh, she and I have connected pretty well as well. So we'll see you in two weeks time. Stay healthy and safe. Thanks for tuning in and posting your review of Taking the Helm on your favorite platform. We'll give you a shout out in a future episode. To be inspired by people who are steering us in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com where you can search previous guests by the topic of your choice. And while you're there, download Lynn's gift. There's more than one way to get through a crisis.